0: Okay, Hi, everybody. We are back with our final installment in our elemental series, The Element of Earth as it appears in Esoteric Tarot. The cards that we will be discussing today are, well, first of all, the world, which represents elemental earth as well as Saturn, which is the earthiest, I guess, of the seven traditional planets. We'll be talking about The devil for Capricorn, the hierophant for Taurus, and the hermit for Virgo. We'll be talking about the suit of pentacles or discs, discicles if you like, as well as the princesses or pages, the earthy part of their suit. We can also talk a little bit about the earthy courts. The... uh. Knight of Discs or King of Pentacles, the Queen of Pentacles or Discs, the Prince of Discs or Knight of Pentacles, and the Page of Pentacles or Princess of Discs. I did it! <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Thank you. That's always hard to do. You know, there's an argument for saying that Venus, the Empress, is earthy as well. Um,
1: yeah, I, you know, I was actually too too. the... the all all of the um rulers of the three earth signs, so Venus as kind of like the Earth mother of Taurus, mm-hmm. and Mercury as either the virgin or the old maid of
0: uh yeah, the sonic Mercury yeah mm-hmm.
1: of Mercury, yeah. and then um Saturn as kind of like the old old man. Kind of figure
0: <laughs> yes, yes, and it's interesting that um, I'm co- totally jumping way ahead here, but all three of those kind of have uh, have underworld myths yeah. and archetypes associated totally. with them yeah that's that's interesting all right um, so anyway, so element of earth is cold and dry um, and yet you know the fertile source from which everything arises. Like fire, it is dry. Like water, it is cold. So it shares with water that polarity of that downward dignity and polarity, which make water and earth famously compatible, famously friendly. Uh, and in some senses, the cradle for all living things. Mud pies, exactly. Plato said that earth is characterized by darkness, thickness, and quietness. Sounds about right. (laughs) Sounds about right, that sort of imminent quality of density. It is the most stable, obviously, of the elements. And insofar as, you know, tarot is often sort of a three plus one model when we're talking about four, in which one is different, Earth is the one that's different. (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah. The the, the interesting thing about Earth is also that Earth is also all of the above, it's the all of the above mm-hmm. element, because it's the combination of the three elements that came before it into the one. So when That's Earth right. contains all the rest.
0: Yeah, everything else is theory and Earth is practice. <laughs>
1: earth contains fire, Earth contains water, Earth
0: contains air, and Earth contains Earth. <laughs> yes. And there's also a special relationship between Earth and fire. I think it's worth oh, totally. Yeah, we talked about that. that- yeah.
1: Yeah, we talked about that in the fire episode. Like I mm-hmm. always think about especially in some of the um the rituals I do, there's always that, this part where I bring it back to the fiery core of Earth.
0: Yes. There's yes. the
1: sun above and the sun below, you know?
0: Absolutely. And the fact that fire and fuel have this intimate relationship, you know, where fire yep. cannot exist without fuel. Fuel is only potential until it burns. And and the idea that Malkut and Asia and the bottom of the tree of life are contiguous and that that is the renewal for the next cycle, beginning again with the next world.
1: Beginning again with fire. Right.
0: I always tend to think of the stories of Earth as stories of return and reproduction and rebirth of, you know, of death and rebirth. Regeneration.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. To Earth we return and then, you know, we're reborn or we provide nutrients for something to be reborn.
0: Yes, yes, that sort of beginning and ending in Earth, the seed being buried in the womb and then emerging again, uh, over and over and over again. You know, that story is so fundamental, so archetypal to our whole perception of the way things work, that, you know, I think when we talk about the Eleusinian mysteries, any time that you have a trip into darkness and a return out of it you know right. it's kind of the story of earth into darkness thickness and quietness <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> into the
1: cauldron into the
0: soup <laughs> yes yes and and it's interesting that you know as i was kind of saying in in the uh, air episode there's a intimate relationship between the heart of the air story and that power to know and you know and the six of the six of the suit, the Lord of Science. Uh, but then in Earth, we have the power to keep silent. And there's the 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 six of success, the six of pentacles uh, of discs, meaning success. So there's a relationship between that quietness and that silence, and the fruition of the process. I always think
1: of the, the idea of keeping silent as being associated with taking action. It's like precedent before you take action is you you center you ground Mm -hmm. you, you know you keep silent and then you move forth and
0: take action in this the material world right so there's an intimate connection between that silence and that action yeah so i i often think of the sequence of earth as having to do with kind of that Capricornian making a claim, sort of, um, the ambition of Earth to build and to and to me i use i use <laughs> and then in it's all taurus our resources
1: you know so in taurus it's i have and mm-hmm. in virgo it's i analyze and then in capricorn it's i use
0: yeah and i think of the taurus one as being you know because of its relationship with uh with the hierophant as the bu- as the building of bridges as the connecting of things of heaven and earth um Mm -hmm. After making your claim in Capricorn, and then with the analysis of Virgo, it's sort of like, what are you going to leave behind? What is the legacy as you descend into the underworld, like, you know, the maiden or the old man, Mm. uh, the psychopomp? What is it that that you're going to harvest, you know, at that time of year?
1: And then Capricorn, it would be rising again that, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Goat mm-hmm. climbing the mountain or that darkness turning back to light at the,
0: mm-hmm. the deer mm-hmm. of the year. You know, the thonic fire and the light bearer of Lucifer in that devil archetype taking hold uh and then there's also the constellations we're talking about in the goat the bull and the virgin right they're very um they're very agricultural very yeah you know the virgin being kind of a harvest goddess but yeah and also the uh the plowing metaphor (laughs) yes that too this idea that (laughs) every one of them has you know has this kind of rutting sexual energy about it you know, the tension of that, but also how we survive, you know, how we feed ourselves, how we reproduce ourselves, how we survive. Right. It's, it's, there's, it's definitely in earth We're we're talking about
1: the body and the things the body needs, the foods, the plants and animals, you know, the, the comforts. The mineral yes. kingdom, even the things of life.
0: Yeah. And again, there is that tie, uh, that that connection with, with fire again, because the fire is the hunger and the appetite for all those things. And mm-hmm. the earth is the way it's fulfilled. You know, so there's, yep. a, there's a there's a kind of call and response between fire and earth in that way. I like to think of it. And
1: then, yeah. And then when you consume those earthy nutrients, your body transforms them through fire into energy <laughs> fire
0: yes yes
1: through digestion yeah. i mean
0: right it's very much the you know alchemical process of dull matter being turned into the spark of life again yeah, spirit again within again. matter yes yes visit the interior of the earth <laughs> to find the secret stone the hidden stone while we're talking constellations, do you want to talk about Decanic? Okay, yeah, the, the
1: Decanic constellations. So Taurus 1 is Perseus. Taurus mm-hmm. 2 is Eridanus, which is the river. Uh, mm-hmm. Taurus 3 is Auriga, which is the charioteer or sometimes called the shepherd. Um, Virgo 1 is Crater, which is the cup. Virgo 2 is Corvus the raven. Virgo 3 is Hydra, or the tail of the serpent. Capricorn 1 is Aquila, the eagle. Capricorn 2 is Sagittarius the arrow. And Capricorn 3 is Delphinus, the dolphin.
0: Interesting. They're kind of all over the place, right? I'm- yeah. Interesting, yeah. yeah. But it's all, you
1: know, that general region of sky. So you nice. can see that Aquila, the eagle, is in Capricorn. But, you know, that's very near to Aquarius. Sagitta the arrow, mm-hmm. is on the other side of you know capricorn at sagittarius on the other side of capricorn and i don't know about delphinus the dolphin but it seems like then we're starting to head toward maybe that region of the sky known as the sea and uh-huh. i don't know maybe even some kind of goatfish kind of thing going on there with the dolphin
0: you know the imagery is a little bit of everything which is kind of mm. earth you know yeah, <laughs> earth, a little is, bit of yeah, earth is the combination of all it's a little yeah. bit of everything Yeah. Interestingly enough, one thing I notice in the progression of the suit is that sort of like, you know, going from two to ten, there's – they kind of get busier and busier, you know. Yeah. That's life on earth. Yeah. where shit happens. It's where shit literally happens, you know. Um, And part of that's just – to be expected because of the graphic dealing with two round forms and then increasing to the point where it's filled with 10 forms. Right, round it's like forms. cells multiplying. Exactly. <laughs> it is like mitosis. But by the end, it, it seems particularly resonant because you have to get, you know, from the idea of change, harmonious change, the lord of change, all the way to wealth, to the ending, to the the tree of life represented itself. This grand finale where the entire cycle is complete, the population is, is inherent in the card, the entire right. world, and then we can start again. The when, goal of old age, wealth. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, I sometimes characterize that sequence from the 2 to the 10 as the 2 sort of representing the, the building and the 6 is rep- representing the bridge and the 10 is representing the bequest. I like to alliterate them, you know, this building of a legacy and then leaving it behind. And in particular, the 2, 3, and 4 seem like they have to do with that sort of ability to manufacture and create that mm-hmm. definite, like, there's
1: a definite building quality to all of them. Yeah, because, you know, with
0: Capricorn I use, you can't use unless you have something, <laughs>
1: you know, that you're right. working with. You have resources uh, to use and you're willing to grow them.
0: Yeah, I really think of that two, three, and four as being a, a, a tool user kind of narrative, um, how we find the resources we need to accomplish what we need to accomplish. And then the... Five, six, and seven, we've talked especially about the five, six, and seven as representing the, the forward looking of the Harvest, five and the yeah. looking back of the seven, but the six being that perfect moment when everything comes together and can take root, germinate, flower, fruit, and uh, and provide. and Procreate. <laughs> to, yeah. I often talk about the six of pentacles as the, the perfect moment, the kairos, where um, conditions being perfect, fertilization takes place. The sexy six, Yep. Uh, with the five being the the care that you have to take in to ensure that that will happen. And the seven being the doubt that it actually did. (laughs) Yeah. Or will. Yeah. 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 Or how you're going to fix it if it didn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then with the eight, nine and 10, you know, there's that emphasis on not only, you know, um, reproducing the product in the eight and, you know, um, and allowing it to flourish and to mature. Make- mature and to produce more of itself but there's a in the nine i think of it as almost assigning a value so like if we're talking about a metaphor of production this is the moment where you bring it to market and you figure out how much it's worth and how well, much yeah, you can sell in it the for
1: rosetta deck is the abacus you know counting yes up, counting exactly. up the winnings counting
0: up the gains the Lord of Gain, exactly, and then in the ten, you know, you gain the resources from it. But what do you do with resources? Well, you redeploy them, you reinvest, or you pass them on, right. you consume Create them. A foundation, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so they li- live again. So that they live again and can be um, can be reproduced, replicated, or reborn into something new. What is the phrase? Redintegration, the regeneration yes, the in- of the part from the whole. Exactly. Exactly. We talk about that in the Ten of Disks episode, is it? Something like that, probably? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and in, in the Ten of Disks in, uh, in Thoth in particular, you know, it has that... That secret in those ten discs, where all of them are marked with mercurial sigils, except for the one that's in the mercurial saphira hode, which is Correct. marked with the sun. So you, it's right. like the reset which is the button. Sun, the
1: sun, the regenerative force.
0: <laughs> exactly, it hit the reset. <laughs> so the, rise again. The hermetic title sequence, it's interesting. This is the one that has the most um, qualifiers in the Golden Dawn. So it's Mm. like change or harmonious. material. Yes, exactly. Just in case you weren't sure. uh, Change or harmonious change. Works or material works. Power or earthly power. (laughs) Material trouble or trouble or or worry. um, Success or material success. Failure or success unfulfilled. uh, Prudence, just plain prudence gain or material gain, and just plain wealth. But the idea that wealth begins with change is a pretty fascinating mm-hmm. one, both yep. sort of metaphysically, uh, in terms of, you know, in order to, for 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 anything, any great work to be accomplished, it has to begin with a step out of stasis, but also, you know, pocket change, <laughs> growing your pocket yeah. change into wealth. <laughs> right. right,
1: there's, yeah, you can, you can take it on any level from, you know, the financial to the bodily, or to any great work.
0: Yeah, from the process of conception to birth as well. At the heart of that, like any suit, there is the six, which is the transaction, the sort of exchange at the heart of it, where either, I guess in the suit of Earth, you're kind of going into the darkness and coming out with the secret product, the the mystery of life quickening within that moment. But uh, but in every, in every suit, there is some kind of turn at the six where, you know, where in the six of wands, there is that sort of public acknowledgement of what you're trying to accomplish and the acclaim that you gain for that in return. In the six of cups, there's that secret surrender to the thing that is greater than you and the kind of ego death that goes with that in the six of swords. There is that sort of like, here's the thing that the knowledge that I want to gain and Mm -hmm. what I'm willing to pay for it. You know, there's always some kind of transaction in the six and literally looks like a transaction in the six of pentacles and Rider Waite Smith, where there is a need and there is an addressing of that um, need.
1: The uh, alms.
0: (laughs) Yeah. and. You know, and perhaps that is the definition of success. This is something my my husband, who is a much better person than I am, used to say that you know the measure of your wealth is how much you can give away. Yeah, that's
1: a nice sentiment. Yeah, it's a very nice sentiment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Virgo's like, "No, we're going to run out. It's pinch
1: the penny, pinch the penny, exactly. <laughs> pinch it um, so hard it turns into
0: electrical wire." Yes. <laughs> I was just thinking about what you were saying about Pete with his Taurus moon and his like uh, always packing the snacks thing. There's yeah, packing more actually yeah. <laughs> We're never going to run out. There's always more. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so let's see. I guess we should talk about the earthy part of the element in terms of the pages and princesses. Uh, do you, earth of Earth. Yeah, the the way that she stands alone because she is complete. She has completed the cycle. She needs nothing else because she has been invested, literally invested and enclosed with the powers of all the others, which is you know such an empowering model of that rank, which I think is much easier to see in Thoth and Tabula Mundi than it than it is in rider Wade Smith. Mm. That the the pages or princesses are rich with potential, you know, rich with their ability to act, especially the princess of disks or page. Particularly, of discs. particularly, yeah. yes, both the lowest and the highest. Yeah, there's a there's a real mystery in that. I think the power of the princess of disks or page of pentacles, um, and I think that even though it's more obvious in the Princess of Disks traditional sort of pregnant manifestation or depiction in Thoth, there's something you can see in the Page of Pentacles as well, where the way the Page of Pentacles in Rider-Waite-Smith is holding that pentacle, it's floating just above the hand, it's taking on a life of its own, it's a magical talisman, it isn't just some coin, Right. Right.
1: If you think about the pentacle itself, I mean, it's five points literally Mm -hmm. mean the four elements and the fifth element. It's everything.
0: (laughs) It's everything. And that is, you know, a representation of spirit arising from matter and the power to act arising from those four powers of the sphinx, Uh, the power to go arising from those four powers of the sphinx as well. I think of the role of Earth in court cards as to make things real, to make them tangible, real in the sense that you can touch them like real estate. You know, it's something that you can uh, put your finger on, weigh and pass on like a token. And in fact... There's been in the, in the stock market, there's been this whole mad rush on what are known as non-fungible tokens, oh, uh, which Jesus. has been this thing. Yeah. And, and what that is, is like something that cannot be reproduced. It acquires a value because it cannot be reproduced. Uh, unlike, you know, digital goods, which are infinitely manifest, a non-fungible token is something that can only be one of. And that is what makes it unique. And that makes me think of earth, you know, the, uh, the idea that earth is separate, different unique, talismanic, magical in that way. We've talked about primal hay in, in the water episode, but now we're at final hay. The daughter instead of the mother. The daughter instead of the mother. Um, much that we said in the water episode still applies, but I don't know whether we talked about the fact that hay is associated with the number five, which is Interesting, right? Because we've kind of mm-hmm. talked about this matter plus spirit thing that's going on in right, Earth. Right, the
1: five, the five points of the pentacle, and the and ideal. the hierophant card, which is Taurus, earthy.
0: There's an and ideal A
1: as either the window
0: or the emperor, depending how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the star or the emperor. star yeah. or the emperor, I mean. Yeah. yeah, and the idea that it is looking or beholding um, as well as the window. I mean, it's derived from that. The The five parts of the soul are associated with hay: the nefesh, the ruach, the neshama, the chaya, and the yehida. Um, and, and the idea
1: of the daughter becoming the mother is almost like the fourth becoming something else, which would be the fifth.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, that that process itself representing a fifth element. Um, And then, you know, in our our, um, chair model, it's the chair. (laughs) (laughs) It's the actual thing you're sitting your ass in right now. (laughs) The world of the senses, everything that we can touch and feel. The other thing that you can associate with it, of course, is the letter tav, the final letter mm. of the Hebrew alphabet, because that's associated with elemental earth and Saturn and the world. Uh, the world right, of The, the universe.
1: universe card or the world
0: card. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's interesting too, when you, that letter means cross, mm-hmm. which can be like the, the literal weight of earth and the, the cross you bear, but it can also be light in extension. You know, that idea of returning, to light to fire that mm-hmm. earth does starting yes. again.
0: Um and it's interesting because as the final letter, you know, it has kind of it has kind of three pieces in the way that hay does and the way that Het does and whenever you have those three pillars on a letter, you know, one way to think of it is the as as the virtues of thought, speech, and action, but this one has a little foot on it, and and that little foot at the bottom is said to convey humility—the fact that you are, it, tav is the letter that is complete, but still, still, because it's associated with the lowliest part of the body, the foot expresses its subservience before God, and it's also the play. Yeah. And then it's also, if you think about the first letter in the alphabet, the Aleph, and then the middle letter in the alphabet, the Mem, and then the Tav, you get Emet, which means truth, which interestingly, you know, when people, sometimes they say that Tav itself, the final letter represents truth. When you, uh, when you, when you abbreviate it, you can just say that Tav represents truth. But then the word for falsehood is (laughs) is composed of the previous three letters before the end, Shakur, Shin, Kof, Resh. Truth encompasses the entirety, the whole alphabet, but falsehood is just this one little part of it near the end, is Hmm. the idea there, which is kind of interesting. The world that we are talking about is the world of Asiya, the world of action, sensation, uh, the physical world, unseen energies of matter. Which is the kingdom, yeah, which is Malkuth. contiguous with Malkut in the one tree model. Um, the idea that that uh, Asia and Malkut are one thing. Um, everything that we can experience with our fives, there's that number again five senses. The cycle is therefore complete when we get here. So, there's like a there's I always think there's kind of an equivalence between. And I'm sure, you know, you, you represent this the same way in all of your decks, you know, between the the Princess of Discs or Page of Pentacles, the Ten of Pentacles, the World or Universe card. They're all kind of, you know, mm-hmm. um, archetypal manifestations of each other.
1: And the Princesses and Aces have that yes. special relationship, too. And even in the rider weight deck, each page is carrying the single suit element, just like each hand in the Ace is carrying the single suit mm-hmm.
0: element. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's that feeling of the ace Wielding the power, wielding the power of the element. Right. Let's see. I'm going to just read a quote from Agrippa, the way I often do at this point in the episode, where he talks about Earth, and he says— now the basis and foundation of all elements is the earth, for that is the object, subject, and receptacle of all celestial rays and influences. In it are contained the seeds and seminal virtues of all things. It being made fruitful by the other elements and the heavens brings forth all things of itself. It is the center the foundation, and the mother of all things. It is the first matter of our creation and the truest medicine that can restore and preserve us. Isn't that a nice thought? The truest mm. medicine <laughs> that can mm, restore The us. hidden stone. <laughs> yes, yes. It does seem like an alchemical reference, doesn't it? The mm-hmm. occultum lapidum. And it it's interesting that the putative goal of alchemy is to produce the philosopher's stone to produce this thing that is sort of like, um, the refinement of earth itself, um, its capacity to grant us immortal life.
1: I like the idea of earth as a receptacle to like Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: idea, that contrast of earth and sky where like earth is a receptacle for all things of heaven, where all things are given form.
0: The fact that, It's dormancy and passivity and silence and darkness is essential in some way. You know, we Mm -hmm. often think of those things as death, as the grave, but they're also the cradle. Right. A seed can't grow
1: unless it's in that dark, still place.
0: (laughs) Right. And as mammals, we have the same experience in the womb. Another sort of metaphor for that is sleep, right? the mm. The dimming of consciousness every night is essential to us in order to survive,
1: right? In order to survive, the 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 mind or the sword suit, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right? Actually, right? yeah,
0: because if you don't sleep, you go insane. <laughs> That's true, and I often think of chaos in the same way. You know, chaos and necessity is the as in the relationship to time. But if you think about uh, yeah, I was reading something for the Jungians about um, the nature of the Tao being the nothingness or the chaos itself upon which everything depends. You know, like if you look at a field of stars where there's where there's no particular arrangement, but then we project the constellations. You know, the work of the mind upon them. You can't do that without the initial chaos. You know, without mm. that initial right um, that random nonsense. factor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Randomness itself, there's something to do with randomness and Earth. The entire world around us is both an expression of chaos and order. You know, it's it's chaos manifests, and yet in the relationship between our search for meaning and the, the substrate of nature arises the sense of patterning. Right. It, gives a, look. it
1: gives form, Earth gives form to the chaos, so mm-hmm. it's it's both... Nature is both completely unrestrained and also restrained at the same time. It's kind of yes. a paradox.
0: It is. It is. It's. It expresses order, but an order that is, you know, not not immediately apparent to us. It's hidden. Should we talk about myths before we do more correspondences? Yeah, sure. The uh, there's so many great myths. I mean, I think the ultimate one, as far as I'm concerned, for for Earth would be the the story of. Persephone. Oh, of course. Persephone and, you know, and Demeter. Her her mother and all other mother goddesses. I mean, there's so many of them. Yes. And there's so many um, ways that that myth sort of uh, represents the cycle of birth, rebirth. uh, Right. Persephone
1: becomes queen of the underworld. So she. (laughs) starts as the virgin and becomes the mother in a sense, you know, the queen of the underworld. Yes. It's sort of rises up again and creates, you know, both winter and spring.
0: Her journey is the journey between primal and final hay in Mm. a way. And also, but also the sort of wanderings of Demeter also seem very, somehow terribly, terribly resonant. This idea that there is loss and devastation and that, You have to travel to meet thonic powers in order to redeem that. There's, in that story, there's also the presence of Hecate, or the presence of Hermes, or the presence of Helios, all gods.
1: Mm -hmm. Inanna, her descent Mm -hmm. as well. And her descent. And then there's also Mm -hmm. the idea of Nephthys as the dark sister of Isis.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And what's interesting is that there's all these stories of, you know, fertility goddesses, and their descent into the darkness and how they are reborn. But then there's also a male version of that myth as well, that has tends to have like violent sacrificial qualities, like the story of Dionysus, you know, is a very much a thonic story. Um, The story of Baldur um, is very Mm. much a a thonic story. All of these sort of solar um... gods the Muzi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, being um being torn to pieces or whose bodies become in these stories of earth gods and goddesses that has to do with the way the body has to be sacrificed in order to mm-hmm. make more body, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there's
1: even that story in the Sumerian goddess Tiamat, mm-hmm. I think, who was kind of represented the earth and then was like kind of torn apart interesting and then there's the um the goddess that i always associate with the uh, thoth universe card which is Urinome dancing with the serpent mm-hmm. of chaos mhm right
0: right right serpent myths absolutely um, yeah serpents are often associated with earth
1: just probably because they're close to the ground then there's also sebek or sobek the crocodile who's another yes. earth God and uh then there's the just beasts in general, like the four mm-hmm. beasts, the four Karubic beasts, and then the Sphinx as the beast and man and you know, the four powers of the Sphinx combined in one and it said the Sphinx is mankind
0: itself. You right. know, and then there's um and the other thing about the serpent is that, of course, the serpent in a circle becomes the Ouroboros. So not only is it close to the ground, but it is a symbol of regeneration itself. Regeneration, yeah. And it's interesting, too, because
1: in so many mythologies, the earth is, is said to be carried by some mm-hmm. sort of creature. In South America, it's the serpent. So mm-hmm. in South America, the earth is carried by a serpent. In India, it's carried on the back of a tortoise.
0: and in, mm-hmm.
1: in um. Asia, I think it's on an elephant, and the scarab right. carries it in Egypt, and the fish yes. carries it in Japan. And, and so there's this idea of the world being carried on the back of a beast Yeah, so many,
0: so many myths. Yes, yes, that makes a great deal of sense. Uh, it's, it's associated in general with protector gods of animals, too, like the Kernunas as well. Mm. That body the goddesses are protective, mm-hmm. too, you know, all of them. Mm-hmm. let's see. We should go through princess scale colors real quick,
1: yeah, so one of the oh, the other thing this kind of has both to do with the colors and the mythologies is one thing that I thought was kind of a cool mythology that'll be a good segue into the colors is the um the four beings in Chinese mythology Mm -hmm. each of which is a combination of two elements which I thought was super interesting because the colors are actually each a combination of elements in the in the four you know how you see in Malkut the four the circle divided by four and then there's the four colors and they're kind of those muddy colors that are elemental mixtures so those four Beings of Chinese mythology, the phoenix is said to be a mix of fire and air. And you can see that it's like literally a flaming bird. Um, Then the uh, green dragon is said to be air and earth. Uh, The tortoise is earth and water. And then the Mm -hmm. white tiger is water and fire which I thought was really cool like oh that's cool a blend of each yeah so yeah. And, and not only is there four of them which earth is always associated with you know that division into four but then there's yeah. that elemental mixture quality just like you see in the colors so in mm-hmm. the you know when you look at the colors of earth or Malkut, it's that circle divided fourfold and then there's there's the color russet which is you know the mixture of it's basically fire but with a little bit of the other two mixed in and then there's citrine which is yellow made muddy by adding the other two and then there's the olive which is a green made kind of muddy by the mixture of the other two and then there's black that's the mix of them all which is earth of earth you know contains all.
0: Right, right, exactly.
1: And and those are the, you know, it's, you could also say that there's the Saturn colors that apply to the universe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense, you know. Saturn as the ruler of one of the Earth signs, Capricorn, but those are the Earth. Those the fourfold colors are the Earth, the elemental colors, the Earth colors. But the Saturn colors are more like the gray and the black and the black red with blue and the uh, black flecked with yellow mm-hmm. colors.
0: Night colors, really, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. colors of skies. the night. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cold
1: Absolutely. and dark, like the Earth. <laughs>
0: right in the princess scale. You have all of those flecks and rays.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's sort of a metaphor for the pregnancy, you know, the, the yes. fertilization that occurs in the princess.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the mixture,
1: them. the idea of admixtures of, of things. Right. <laughs> in yeah. general.
0: White flecked gold, white flecked red, blue, and yellow, gray flecked pink, deep azure flecked yellow, red flecked black, gold amber, olive flecked gold, yellow brown flecked white. Citrine flecked azure and black raid yellow. Flex and rays all through them. Rays only in the last one, I guess, because it's in motion. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the last one and it's ready yeah. to
1: move, yeah. Yeah. The raid yellow, the idea of flex and motion. It, right. it it always makes me think of that screensaver where you see the stars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Uh that's yeah, showing my age. <laughs> no, I know. I always think of it as like, you know, engaging the warp drive. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. God, we're such dorks. They sort of mixed and variegated and um often reminds me of the, you know, the iris of the eye the way when you look closely it has it often has a, a great deal of depth and um and little yeah, particles. It's um like a little universe. It is a little universe. So correspondences, other correspondences, we've got midnight and north and winter, the the associations. I always like that because, you know, where I do my rights, my northern window, you know, always, always is, seems to be the one that has, you know, the field of snow for the longest. Mm. And it just seems to... You know how long our winters are here. And... I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I always think of. That I live when on I'm the
1: north side of a of the highest point around oh, where I live, okay. so it's extra winter. Even when the rest of town <laughs> has like flowers coming up, there's still like snow in the ground at my house, like two oh, miles so away. There'll unfair. be flowers
0: coming up when you go down the hill. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's extra winter here. <laughs> um, oh, and Archangel Oriel sometimes. Well, at least in the Golden Dawn yep. uh, is associated with the north and with Earth. And Orioles a real interesting one. You did I told you about how like at the shop where um oh, yeah, the, where the I worked, extra yeah pendants or whatever. <laughs> they over. Had all those little talismans and they have, you know, and they and they have everyone, Raphael, wanted, everyone and, wanted Everyone wanted right? everyone except for Oriole. There was like this huge pile of Orioles in there because Aww. nobody really cares. But he's said to be the one who stands at the gate of eden you know um maybe who knows makes sense uh he's also lord of the gates of matter hmm. (laughs) maybe he could be lord of the gates of matter he's certainly i often think of that angelic demonic figure Mm. um and the devil card as being oriel it actually means the light of god so well there you have it there you have it it's sort of like the you know lucifer light um, light bringer wherever you have these themes of darkness you also have themes of light and that that seems to be true in this case as well there's also the north wind boreas boreas yeah yeah um, associated with the gnomes. cold <laughs> gnomes right those uh elemental creatures who supposedly live in the earth that Book in the 1980s that became so popular, the the Gnomes book was actually designed by my father. It was uh, our house was uh, absolutely consumed by gnomes but for for years, <laughs> for literally years. This was a project of the Abrams Publi- publishing company, and uh, and we just had gnome artifacts all over the place because that book became such a success. Um, the the roots of plants are associated with the earth, worms and moles and other yeah, thonic all plants creatures.
1: and animals and
0: minerals. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: And in the body, I mean, the bones are literally made of minerals, calcium and yes. silicone and quartz.
0: <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way. All digging animals, all the d- animals that live within the earth. Mm-hmm. I was weeding the other day, and this giant mole popped up out of the ground right in front of me. It scared the crap out of me. No kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Um, a lot of sort of creeping plants like ivy and fern, things that are grow low to the ground, reeds and grains, sage, honeysuckle. Um, the scent of patchouli, interestingly enough. Oh, I love
1: patchouli and vetiver. Yes, and those are very earthy.
0: Love those. Tobacco is both fiery and earthy too. Interesting. Yeah, I think
1: tobacco is Mars, but that's Mm -hmm. just me.
0: Yeah, it is, Marshall. It is Marshall, but... And of course, all
1: cereals for Earth. All cereals. Cereals and all that stuff and beer. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Oh, and black color and melancholy for humors. Oh,
1: yes, of course. The melancholy temperament.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Um, And uh, the senses themselves are considered earthly, but especially the sense of touch. Above all. Ability. Yeah, I sometimes
1: see taste as being like water, but I kind of think of taste as a way as of Earth, too, because you're taking in matter, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Like, yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean there. All minerals, as you were saying, but also particularly like the dark ones, the tourmalines, the hem- hematite. Salt, of course, is the ultimate Earth. Um, yeah,
1: earth. and the, the uh, smoky quartz, that's a really good Earth Yes.
0: Mineral. Lead, of course, is both earthly Mm -hmm. and saturnine. And I've seen petrified wood, too, which kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. And, uh, you know, amber is a weird one, too, because it's both fiery and solar because of its Mm -hmm. golden color. But it's also, you know, literally solidified tree substance. So it's very earthy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, the powers uh, of earth, the magical powers. So geomancy, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Alchemy and the making of pentacles or pentacles.
0: Yeah. And then there are the trees that are dense and hard, like yew and um, oak. Oak, ash, yeah. blackthorn. Yeah. Uh, black thorns. Oak and um, ash and thorn. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Stones and bones. <laughs> Stones and bones, precisely. It's actually a quite beautiful um, new tarot deck called the Oak Ash and Thorn that I've been seeing around. Oh, yeah, I think I saw a very yeah, nature based. Yeah, very much so. Uh oh in the root chakra as well. Oh, in
1: bread and salt.
0: Bread and salt. The, uh, yeah,
1: you know, the idea of breaking bread and, and, and sharing bread and salt was like the, the ultimate gesture of safety and hospitality.
0: Yes, in general, salt, you know, is our pro- we use salt for the protective circle to represent the earth and our connection to it so that in magical work, we never get too far away from who we really are.
1: The last yeah. thing is the spiritual practices of
0: mm, yes with
1: Earth and yes everything we do a lot or a lot of things we do we do in front of our altar right and mm-hmm. uh, the altar itself represents Earth you know the cube the altar is mm-hmm. the Earth itself and on the altar there are all four elements just like all four elements are you know present in Earth so that's that's one thing but the the mm-hmm. the other thing that I think of when I think of spiritual practices. Uh, associated with earth. I mean, I don't make many pentacles per se, but I do make talismans and they're, mm-hmm. they're you know, a thing of substance, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a ma- matter, spirit represented in matter. And then there's also like, you know, we talked in the air episode about just the idea of, you know, meditation and awareness as being a air thing, but there's a type of meditation where you're directing your consciousness into the body
0: mm-hmm. and, and,
1: that's a very much earth-based thing. And it it, it literally, when I do it, it it brings the mind back into the body. Like, Normally, I think my brain is mind is mm-hmm. like floating like four feet above my head all yes. the time, yes. and then you remember to bring it back in the body, and it's almost like you can feel it descend, and you're like, oh yeah, okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, and, I am you know, a body, I'm, I, 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 I'm mad, I am matter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it makes spirit. me think of
0: the corpse meditation as well. You know, the idea yep. that you reflect on that so that's not to be afraid of it, so you can face death. But also, I also use the tree of life, the descent into. Malkut as a way of returning after divination, and there is definitely a feeling of first you're out there, and then you're back in here. You know, ground back in, yeah, plug back Absolutely. into the to,
1: to the earth, um, and embody your spirit. So then there's, you know, you, I think of yoga as being kind of a um earth yeah. practice as Not well as uh, one thing pose. I do a lot is um grounding or earthing like walking barefoot, I do that mm-hmm. all summer. I love it. I love mm-hmm. walking barefoot uh, mm-hmm. you know my means I have to scrub my feet every day, but <laughs> I, yes. I really like the idea of just walking on the earth and uh, yes in, the, in nature um and you know what the other thing that I do is I work with gems and minerals, and that's I think that's a very um obviously earthy practice. Is, mm-hmm. is, mineral meditation and magic and using that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um herbology uh working with plants and obviously another earthy thing and then (laughs) laying on the beach is my favorite magical (laughs) earth practice because literally all four elements are present you're laying on a bunch of little crystalline (laughs) silicon sand crystals On the earth, the waves Mm -hmm. of the water are present, the sun of the fire is present, and the wind is blowing over you, and it's present, and it's literally the most
0: um, wonderful thing you can do. (laughs) It really is. It really is. I think my favorite earth practice is sleeping (laughs) and I mean that not just facetiously Sleeping on the beach even better but I feel that it's you know it really is there's something mystical and truly spiritual about the act of sleeping and Mm -hmm. for me it's the only time that I feel that I am almost un uh irresistibly psychic I don't seem to have much psychic power during the day but I can't seem to help learning things at night. And, uh, you know, and just being connected in a way that you don't really recognize. But the most recent thing that happened was I was in New Bedford this last weekend, and it's very tired coming home. You know how when the sun's beating down on you, and you're driving, you're like, Oh, God, I really need to stop. So Mm. I pulled into a parking lot. And I and I fell asleep for not very long in this parking lot. And, um, and while I was asleep, I dreamed about time idea of time. And as I was lying there, before I opened my eyes, I realized that I was missing my watch, my Fitbit that I wear. And I thought, oh, gosh, okay. Well, the minute I opened my eyes, I called the hotel. And at that moment, the receptionist was literally holding my watch and writing me a note about it, which Mm -hmm. is just normal, right? You know, this is the thing, the kind of thing that happens when I'm asleep. It's sort of like I get... yeah.
1: Kind of thing that happens to me when I drive. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it means I must be a sleep driver. I don't know. Yeah. When I, well, when I drive, I go into some sort of weird trance. Kind I of have like all a sorts trance. Of psychic experiences then.
0: Yeah. And it's sort of like, to me, the act of sleeping and dreaming is the way I can finally just knock down those boundaries of the ego or they fall. And the the truth of the matter, which is that Everything is connected to everything else, is permitted to arise. So you can get the things you need to know in ways you just can't normally. And I think that's quite fascinating. Besides the fact that it is absolutely necessary for everyone. I mean, I, I really do believe that not only sleep, but dreaming itself is, is necessary and regenerative.
1: Yeah, two earthy things, sleep and time heals all. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, on that
0: note, (laughs) I guess we have completed our cycle. Um, And uh, where we go next is still up for grabs. We're thinking about it, talking about it. We will let you know. The best place to find out what is up with us, of course, is our website, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And whatever we do, wherever we go, whenever that happens, you'll find out about it there. So see you then.